Everything That Rocks, Laser 103.3. Time for today's edition of the Hall Pass, and today I'm joined by a special guest whom I haven't spoken to in a good three years now, I think it's been, Buck Cherry frontman Josh Todd. It's wonderful to have you back. Thanks for your time. Yes, sir. My pleasure. Look forward to having Buck Cherry back in central Iowa playing Woolies on Tuesday, June 18, in support of the new album War Paint, a collection of songs that really showcases your versatility, Josh, more than probably anything from the back catalog. It's a great listen. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. We worked really hard on this record, and I really feel like it's one of our best. I mean, it's almost reminiscent of the songwriting process that happened right before 15. You know, um, we had some lineup changes with the band. Uh, we had been, it had been like three years since our last record, and we uh, wrote a tremendous amount of songs. Stevie and I wrote about 30 songs for a 11-song uh, record, and uh, so we were very thorough, and, and it paid off. You can almost feel the fact that you guys are actually having fun making this album. Yeah, we did have fun. We brought uh, Mike Plotnikoff back into the fold. He produced 15, and we always enjoyed working with him, and it was just a really great environment again, and the players are great. You know, we replaced two guys, and we got a... Uh, Kevin Rankin on the guitar and, and Francis Ruiz on the drums, and we just all get along really well. The title track opens the album, and I don't know about you, Josh, but when I listen to something new for the first time, my brain always likens it to something I'm familiar with initially, especially in terms of production and feel. And I'll share this with you. I'll never forget hearing War Paint for the first time. The feel I got was ACDC's Power Age. Oh, good. I like that. You know, um, before we wrote War Paint, I was like, hey, Stevie, give me some music that sounds like highway to hell and and he gave me some music and and uh the war paint lyrics and melodies came to me you know and um so you we were close like one year close i think power age was 78 highway to hell was 79 <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> two of my favorite albums from that band uh which is not a bad thing amazing band yeah getting back to uh versatility from a vocal standpoint Doing a song like The Hunger, another of my favorites from the new album, I imagine it's a real breath of fresh air to challenge the boundaries people like to set for artists. How much of that expansion is a personal desire to try something different, and how much of that is a result of working with other artists outside of your circle? You know, it's funny you bring up that song. That song was uh, written a long time ago. Like, uh, Stevie and I did another record uh, for my band Josh Todd and the Conflict, and we put out a record in 2017 and, and right before then is when we kind of, we wrote the, the hunger. We were just writing songs and we're like, let's write a, a country track for a country artist. And we wrote the hunger and we gave it to our publisher and it just kind of sat around and nobody picked it up. We would start playing it at sound checks when we were out on the road with the conflict and other band members would come up and they go, Hey, what record is that song on? And, and we were like, Oh, it's just. It's just a song we've had for a while. It's not on any records. And then we were like, okay, we better not play that song anymore. Let's just, uh, let's look at it when we go to start the songwriting with Buck Cherry. And, and everybody just loved the song and it, it just, it stood up and we put it on the record. It is one of my favorites. Uh, and it, it definitely, uh, one thing I've always loved about Buck Cherry albums is the fact that, yes, there's a reckless abandon to when you really let loose and there's those rockers for sure. That's what you guys do. But there's also these really cool moments. And maybe it's just how you sequence the albums. I'm not sure, but they're always a great listen front to back, like the way we used to listen to music. Thanks. Yeah. You know, all the great rock records that I listened to back in the day, they all all had uh, mid-tempo songs and ballads and and I, I like dynamics because I'm not I'm not always at one speed you know and with my emotions and you know songs are 
are basically like little short stories, you know. So, um, yeah, uh, I like to have the dynamics. I'm always the guy who makes the sequence at the end of the, the writing and recording. And um, I spend a lot of time on the sequence because I still want to believe that there's there's not a whole lot of people, but there are some people that really love what we do. And they're going to sit down when they get a new record and listen to it from beginning to end. And so I always think about that. Yeah, well, you've got one on the phone with you right now, that's for sure. Awesome. Radio Song is another track that immediately stood out upon first listen to War Paint. As a radio guy, I'm always curious to hear about an artist's memories of what radio meant to them growing up, and conversely, what it felt like to hear your own music played on the radio for the first time. And that's how it all started. You know, I would literally, I'm, I'm always looking for inspiration. I would drive around all the time, you know, running errands, picking up my kids and dropping them off and we're writing all these songs. And then, you know, I'll be having a bad day or something and, and then a great song will come on the radio and instantly change my mood. And then I was thinking about how the radio was so instrumental in my childhood and it marked the summer times and it marked, you know, you knew what was going on with what hit songs were happening at that time and that year. And it was so important. And, you know, I was going through a lot of stuff emotionally, too, uh, during this transition, um, personally and professionally. And so um, Radio Song's kind of a sad song in a way. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, a very soul-searching song, and, and it's, but it's beautiful, you know. And, and I came up with a melody in the shower, and I ran downstairs, and I instantly, like, wrote all the lyrics, and I just sang it down to Stevie, and I said, hey, Stevie... I want this to be like Buck Cherry's Purple Rain, you know, so let's make it Buck Cherry's Purple Rain. And, and he came back with a great composition of music behind it. He added some bridge music and I finished everything up and it just turned out great. God, and you never know where that inspiration is going to come from and you'd never know when it's going to hit you. <laughs> yeah, that's what's great about it. You bet. Covering iconic songs like you did with Nine Inch Nails had like a hole on this album. Is there anything specific that you think makes for a great opportunity to sing someone else's tune? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's got to be a, a lot of elements, you know, and, and the cover conversation comes up during every record cycle. I think it does with all kinds of bands, you know, not just us. And You know, first of all, I'm not too interested in, like, you know, a rock band covering a rock song, you know. It's not really that interesting for me, you know. I like something off the, you know, the beaten path. And, and like, something's got to, it's got to be a singer that kind of sings in my wheelhouse. And then I got to believe in the lyrics, you know. And and I actually came in with that song. I was always a fan of the Pretty Hate Machine record. And, and I love I love what Trent has done with his career and how he's always kind of stuck to his own format and created his own thing you know and that, that's all impressive to me and then head like a hole has always been a song where i really love the lyrics and and his vocal style is right in my wheelhouse and i said let's just jam out this song we were all set up to record and uh let's just see if we can make it sound like a buck cherry song and and we just ripped through it and we didn't know that our producer mike was uh, recording us at the time and he he threw up a rough mix of it and he's like hey you guys got to come in here and hear this and and he just blasted it out of the speakers, and we were listening to it now, and we're like, man, this sounds like a Buck Cherry song. This, is, this has got to be on the record. This is amazing. And we, so we, we played it for our label and our manager, and everybody loved it. So 
That's how it happens. Buck Cherry frontman Josh Todd is my special guest. The band will be in town June 18 at Woolies, and tickets are available through eventbrite.com. The debut album is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. When you reflect on that experience and those songs here in 2019, do you ever wish you could go back and tell 1999 Josh Todd anything? I do. You know, sometimes I think about that. I wish I had all that knowledge that I could have, you know, put in me at the beginning. And I would have, you know, I just feel like I would have elevated my game right from the beginning when I had the youth and I had the, you know, the physicality to really do better than I was doing. You know, I was very underdeveloped as a as a singer and a songwriter. And um, but I was super driven. So that that's that was the that was what was going on at that time and there's a certain charm to that first record you know and and i understand that i understand why people listen to it it's hard for me to listen to it because i i just know how far i've come since then but no regrets everything is a learning process and and you know we're here now and it's just been an amazing ride you've had the opportunity to work alongside a number of artists outside of buck cherry throughout your career everyone from slash and duff mckagan to gretchen wilson and most recently <laughs> lamb of god's mark morton how often do yeah. those opportunities present themselves and what makes you more inclined to pursue those they happen all the time you know uh i i love collaborating with other artists i I wrote a song with the Escape to Fate guys. I wrote, I, I got two songs on uh, Mugs from Cypress Hills, a solo record back in the day. And I just wrote, uh, I just got a feature on a hip hop track with this guy, Daytona Mac, which I had a lot of fun doing. And, and um, yeah, so cut to Mark. Uh, we have a mutual friend and he reached out to me and I was like, I'd love to be a part of it. And I still haven't even really officially hung out with Mark. I, he, he's, it all happened through email and then I, you know, I, I recorded some stuff, sent it back. They loved it. And then I went and really recorded it with one of their guys. And and that's how we kind of beat it into shape. But um, I was happy to be a part of it. And I think the song is really good. I love the song. For one, the music has a different flavor than what we're used to hearing you sing alongside. And then for two, I think there's really some interesting phrasing going on in Back from the Dead, a unique cadence to how you sang that one. Yeah, and that's that's the fun part. It's like maybe that wouldn't have come out with just, you know, Stevie and I. I mean, it was the fact that there was another person that sent me this, you know, composition and it didn't, you know, it didn't feel like anything else that I felt before. So it brought out a different side of me. And that's why collaborating is so important. It really, uh, it really kind of expands your whole um, bag of tricks. Couple things for you here before I let you go, Josh, and I really appreciate your time. You've been involved in some acting as part of your creative repertoire. Any desire to yeah. continue down that path in what spare time you're afforded, or have you participated in anything we haven't seen yet? You know, it's weird. All the acting kind of came to me at one period of time in my life for a few years there. I was doing a lot of stuff. You know, I've done feature films and television and, and indie films and and I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and then, you know, I just got really busy musically and, you know, uh, I just haven't done it in a while. And I would really like to be challenged. That would be the, if I was going to do it again, I want to, you know, have a big role in something and, and be able to, uh, bring something to the table, you know, and, and have something that's going to challenge me. But I, I would love to do that. It's, it's, you know, it's weird. It kind of, it kind of, uh, is like, you know, 
the music game in a way, but it's not. It's it's a different way, and I love getting out of my comfort zone, and, and that's what's great about it. Josh, we, we touched on ACDC a bit ago, and it made me want to ask you what you think of the news that Brian Johnson's back in the band and the you know the guys are putting together some new material. I think it's wonderful. You know, we... we we had our rock and roll fantasy come true after the uh, Time Bomb record. We got to do five shows with those guys, and and we got to hang out with them backstage after one show. And they were lovely guys. They were humble, and they were sweet, and they all got along great. So whatever happened at that time, I'm so glad that they worked it out. And, you know, Brian Johnson's a lovely guy, and so... Uh, I just I wish them the best. They're they're so amazing. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for your time, Josh. Love War Paint, and we really look forward to seeing you on June eighteenth here in town. It's gonna be killer. I appreciate it, man. Good interview. Thank you, sir. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.